Today on CityCast Portland, we're talking with Michael Russell, the Oregonian's longtime restaurant reporter and food critic. His recent article about our city sushi scene has some great recommendations that we'll be sharing. But what most people won't find in that article are his very strong opinions about Portland's sushi. So I hope you're ready for the hottest of takes. It's Thursday, March 22nd. I'm Claudia Meza, and this is what Portland's talking about. I'm so glad that you're on the show to talk about sushi because I heard you have a really hot take on Portland's sushi scene. So just tell me about it. What is going on with Portland's sushi scene, according to Michael Russell? Right, right, right. So I think to take you back just a little bit, um, I wrote this guide to the best sushi in Portland at like five or six different price points. That was because uh, I had just reviewed a place called Notoguro, and I was kind of trying to justify this expense report I was about to file for a restaurant where it's $250 per person before you even have a glass of sake. Yeah. So what I said was, all right, I'm going to file this review of this super expensive restaurant, but I'm also going to write this list of sushi based on my experience in Portland, and it's going to be comprehensive and very useful for our readers. Not that the review isn't useful, but not everyone can go to a $250 head restaurant. Oh, so, so what you're basically saying was like, I wanted to eat here. I needed to create a story around it and then not look like a complete asshole. Like, hey, l- let's all go to a $250 restaurant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one way of putting it. I mean, have you heard of like uh, one one for them and one for me kind of thing? You know, I had I did the one for me at Noto Guru and then the one for for them, aka my editors, was this this sushi guide. So I think even though I wrote that, I don't think Portland has very good sushi. And the reason I think that is that even at the very, very highest level. So much buffering to get to this. <laughs> <laughs> so at the highest levels. Yeah, yeah, you sound like my editor now. The top, <laughs> like the very top two sushi places in Portland are Notoguro, the place I reviewed, and Nimble Fish. And what I love about Notoguro is not just sushi, it's it's um, creative Japanese cuisine. And the chef, Ryan Roadhouse, he doesn't even really like making sushi that much. I think he he does it because everyone knows that he's the best at it, but it's usually incorporated into the meal here and there different different sushi elements. It's not like you're going and just getting, you know, 10 pieces of nigiri. And then nimble fish, which I think is the universally thought of as the number 2, that was our everyday sushi place, but they just raised their prices to $95 per person. Dang. It's still like a decent value considering the quality and you get 11 pieces of nigiri plus appetizers plus dessert. So it's not just a little bit of sushi. But that being said, it's not exactly an everyday option, uh, yeah. even though that's how we described it. So basically your hot take is Portland sushi, not so great. <laughs> is that even hot? Maybe that's just a bummer. I don't know. <laughs> it's my bummer, bummer take. take. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Portland. Uh, well, I'm so glad that you're the representative for where to go to sushi is a man who is not that fond of Portland sushi. I really think we booked well. <laughs> Good job, Julia. <laughs> so what makes a like excellent piece of sushi? Like what is a transcendent piece of sushi? Right. I think that with sushi, there's probably three elements you need to think about the fish itself, the rice, and then the seasoning. And 
oddly enough, I think there's a sort of like misunderstanding about sushi. You'll often see on like a Yelp review style review where people will say, oh, the sushi here was so fresh. But the reality is the fish at the very best sushi restaurants in the world is often aged or cured or treated with vinegar or something else. They're getting high quality fish. They want it to be fresh. They don't want it to be funky, certainly. But once they get that in and once they're breaking it down, they are treating it in some way. So fresh is kind of a misnomer for sushi. You're actually looking for people who know how to age it the way you would age a a really good steak at a steakhouse. Oh, interesting. And then the thing that I think is that maybe the easiest for people without a broad range of sushi eating experience to identify is the rice. Rice at inexpensive neighborhood restaurants is often cold and clumpy, or it falls apart too easily. At the best sushi restaurants, the rice is made very fresh, and it often, you know, almost falls apart on the tongue. It certainly makes it from the counter to your mouth, but once it's there, it dissipates pretty easily, and it's often served at, like, room temperature up to body temperature. Um, the rice should be seasoned properly. And then you have the third element, which is seasoning. You know, at the super premium sushi places, you do not see chefs asking you to dip it into a bowl of soy sauce and and wasabi, which, you know, obviously that's all how how most of us learn to eat sushi and it can be delicious. But instead, they'll be seasoning the fish themselves with, it could be fresh wasabi, but it's the things that they think pair perfectly with that specific fish. And it'll be incorporated either under the fish or maybe a little bit on top of each piece. And that's a big difference from your everyday thing. So those are kind of the three things to look for, especially at a a premium sushi restaurant. It varies wildly if you're going to like a conveyor belt sushi place, uh, of course, because that's just a different different animal. Yeah. So basically you're saying what people should be looking for is the fish, the rice, and the seasoning? Yeah, that's right. Um, The best sushi restaurant I've ever been to in my entire life, better even than a couple places I went in Japan when I visited, was in Hawaii, a place called Sushi Show. And right at the end, you had the option of adding on a very specific type of fish that had been aged in like a fermented soy paste, kind of like natto, but I think it was like a house recipe. Mm -hmm. And this guy was like a total sushi master. And I think he was aging that fish in there for like you know, 10 days, if not multiple weeks. And that was definitely the thing that people came for. Um, it heightened the flavor and et cetera, et cetera. I just love that we just like, let's just talk about Hawaiian sushi. This is how much Michael respects Portland sushi that he's like, this is cool. I'm glad we're talking about Portland sushi, but have you heard about this place in Hawaii? <laughs> hey, you know, he can fly there directly from PDX. There's a, there is a Alaska Airlines. Yeah, yeah. It'll take you straight to Honolulu. Okay, let's take a quick break here. When we come back, I want to hear some more about these sushi spots you mentioned in your article. So of the places that Portland does have, uh, let's break down your favorites into like three categories. Sure. And I just want to also preface this that I'm ribbing uh, Michael a bit about how he hates uh, Portland sushi. He does not hate Portland sushi. He loves it so much. He he did an entire article about it. And I also... (laughs) actually love uh the sushi that we do have i feel like we just have to state that for people are just like what the heck is this (laughs) okay but of the places we do have let's break down your favorite uh into a a few categories and the first one being okay what is like solid affordable sushi did you ever go to punk rock sushi you know what i'm talking about when i say punk rock sushi 
Oh, come on. You've been here long. Enough. I know. Well, I'm sure you've been there. Okay. So that's what my friends called it. But it was actually Sushi Takahashi. Oh, my on God. Broadway, yes. Downtown. Sushi Takahashi. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> it's like the first spot I went to. I, like, Me too. Me I didn't too. hear punk rock sushi. I just remember it as okay. the one downtown, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Correct. I love that place. That one's changed names. I think people still know it as Sushi Takahashi, but, you know, they had a little a train. They put the sushi on the train and it would go around. I love that. Also, just to the people who are listening, I don't want to make you feel bad that you haven't lived here long enough, but you did miss an era because that you missed the era. Sushi Takahashi was just oh, everyone got the fried fish with that like sweet chili sauce on top. And, yes, uh, and it was just fun too. People would write questions on a piece of paper and put it on the train, and it would go around. You know, someone would drop a beer bottle, and you know, this was pre-COVID, obviously, but those were the days. Um, and the chef there, Takeo Kashiwagi. He opens a place on the east side called Kashiwagi. And this is like the place to go for not quite conveyor belt prices, but pretty close to conveyor belt prices, but maybe a little bit elevated beyond um, the cheapest possible option, but still, you know, relatively cheap. It's on, uh, it's next to the plaid pantry at Division and like, I want to say 24th. Okay. They do a, they do a type of sushi called Batera, which is like randomly the Portuguese word for boat. Um, Kashiwagi does? Yeah, yeah. Kashiwagi does this Batera. It's a pickled mackerel press sushi that has a layer of super translucent seaweed and this really tasty pickled mackerel, and it's pressed into like a box shape. Mm-hmm. I love that sushi. And only three or four places in town do it. And at Kashiwagi, it's like eleven fifty a roll, which is, you know, not bad. Uh, in my article, I also mentioned like the best conveyor belt sushi places, which I found out through a little investigative reporting, are all owned by the same person. Ohana Sushi that everyone loves uh-huh. uh, in like Irvington Lloyd. Ohana, Chio, and then a third place that's on Williams where Tasty and Sons used to be. Those three all have an owner in common, according to the Secretary of State's website, which I Googled. Wow. Investigative food reporting. It goes deep. Yeah. <laughs> Real deep. <laughs> holding feet to the fire over here. <laughs> Okay, so I know we talked about sheep, but I'm I'm thinking like sushi food carts. Because to be honest, (laughs) I've always had a little bit of hesitancy to be like, "Mm, I'm going to eat some raw fish from this truck. Yeah, I agree. There's a reason to be squeamish about food cart sushi. Um, We do have a few food carts that do sushi. And a couple of them are like actually pretty good. The place that I recommend the most is called Yoshi's in Southwest Portland. And this guy was like a top chef at Bamboo. So if you like Bamboo Sushi, if you like their style of sushi, you will probably like Yoshi's. And so if you go up to Multnomah Village area and look for the cart pod there, um, he's getting his fish from the market, breaking it down himself. And he makes really beautiful sushi for, especially for a food cart. And he even like stamps the yoshi's brand like burns it onto his tamago which is the the egg cake i love the i love tamago yeah his is really good i i like uh i'm always impressed when i go there i know he was briefly trying to do an omakase thing where you would like sit at the counter next to his cart and he'd give you a flight of nigiri which i i unfortunately never made it to but uh and i don't think there's anything to worry about at a place run by a guy of yoshi's caliber you know What's another good food cart? Well, there's another one called Kazumi in St. John's that uh, is also run by someone who spent time at Bamboo. Um, 
a woman whose name is Kazumi. I'm trying to remember her first name. But, Wait, uh, so is it the pod here in St. John's? Like uh, The old captured by, yeah. Remember yeah. captured by porches, that brewery. They they opened that pod there. Are you in St. John's? Yes. Is that what I'm? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, fair I w- I'm like, oh, I can walk there after work. And I love that pod. That pod is awesome. Yeah, you should hit up Kazumi. It's pretty good. I think I slightly prefer Yoshi's, but I don't live near either of them. So it's not like I'm visiting them every day or anything like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like sushi is a lot like we had a show where we're talking about uh, dive bars, but it's like the best sushi is the one that's closest to you. That is good. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I was talking with your producer about this, but sushi to me is a little bit like wine. Um, So like, I think most people, even if you've never eaten a lot of sushi, you can tell the difference right off the bat between like a $3 bottle of wine uh, and a $30 bottle of wine. You know, th- there's it's pretty easy to separate the quality levels there. Right. But it becomes a lot more difficult to tell the difference between a $30 bottle of wine and a $300 bottle of wine when some of that distinction is, you know, name brand or it's like, you know, aging or something like that. And I, I don't know that the average layperson or even myself could walk up to those two bottles of wine and be like, oh, this one I prefer vastly to this one to the tune of like 10 times more money. And I think that's that's the way with sushi too. Unless you have a lot of sushi eating experience, the difference between a sort of like slightly elevated mid-scale sushi meal in your neighborhood place and the sort of super, super premium place that I that I wrote about at Notoguro or, or you know, maybe a tier below that at Nimblefish, you know, I don't know that you're necessarily going to go into that experience and get the full value of it without having a lot of sushi eating experience, which, mm-hmm. you know, not some people definitely have that experience and some people have more than me. Um, but uh, that's why when I was putting together this list, I wanted, it was important for me to include inexpensive places. Even if I got some emails, why would you include that, you know, conveyor belt sushi place? That, that sushi is terrible. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, but yeah, it's $2 a plate and that's something people can afford. And at least I'm differentiating, you know, I prefer this conveyor belt to that conveyor belt. I think the su- I think the fish quality is better there. I agree. And also um, what I'm basically hearing is that maybe Portland's sushi scene isn't that bad, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've turned me around, Claudia. <laughs> even though you're like, even Portland though- sushi rocks. And now for your microdose of news. Oregon lawmakers passed a giant $200 million housing and homelessness package earlier this week. The bills will provide money to a whole range of projects like providing shelter to unhoused people, boosting protections for renters, and targeting youth homelessness, just to name a few. Now, the package of bills is waiting for a signature from Governor Kotek, who, if you remember, made affordable housing a top priority when she took office in January. And it seems like it's happening. And Portland Mayor Ted Wheeler is pushing back on the new city auditor to make changes to a police unit that's meant to address gun violence. Now, back in 2018, the previous auditor recommended several changes to the gang enforcement team, but that's now disbanded because that team faced numerous allegations of bias and racial profiling. Wheeler points out that the new gun violence unit, which launched early last year, and is called the Focused Intervention Team, has different goals and oversight. So the previous recommendations from the previous city auditor would not be suitable. And that makes sense. I don't understand what's happening, but 
Governors are keeping their promises. Mayors are making sense. I'm pleasantly confused. For even more local news and events, sign up for our daily newsletter, Hey Portland. We'll throw a link in the show notes. That's all for today here on CityCast Portland. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more from around the city. Until then, see you at Slim's.